Welcome to the Empowered Coaches Changing Humanity Summit, where we bring on these amazing coaches who are really changing humanity in their own unique way and making the world a much better place. And today we have with us my very close personal friend, Dr. Achina Stein. Welcome, Dr. Stein. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Cheryl. I'm so excited. Oh, it's it's just awesome. It's awesome to be here. And uh, you have quite the background. It's one of the things I've always been impressed about. And uh, you've you've been on sort of a medical journey ever since ever since college. And so you are the best selling the Amazon international best selling author of What If It's Not Depression, The Guide mm-hmm. to Finding Answers and Solutions. And so Dr. Stein is also a board certified psychiatrist and has been in practice for 25 plus years. And she was propelled by her son's mental health crisis in 2010. And you found functional medicine, which resolved all his mental health problems, as well as her own. She has a busy practice called Functional Mind LLC in Riverside, Rhode Island, where she sees patients for functional medicine and psychotherapy. She's a certified practitioner of the Institute for Functional Medicine, a distinguished fellow of the American Psychiatric Association, and a Zarius energy healer, and was awarded the <laughs> Exemplary Psychiatrist Award by NAMIRI in 2008. And she's also a former clinical assistant, professor of psychiatry and human behavior of the Warren Alpert Medical School at Brown University. And so as a companion to her book, she offers programs to find and reverse all of the root causes of your depression-like symptoms. It's a perfect alternative to medication for people with chronic, mild to moderate depression-like symptoms that does not respond to antidepressant medications. And she also offers a course on how to manage antidepressant withdrawal symptoms and taper off SSRIs. She enjoys playing ultimate frisbee, singing, and gardening. Oh my gosh, it's so wonderful to have you here, Dr. Stein. And you know, your journey is just so inspiring to so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, having suffered from depression myself, I um, I really hail you for all the work that you've done. Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, that was a great introduction and. Uh, I know when I think about all the things that I've done, it's like, oh my gosh, how did I even do all that? <laughs> but because it's, it's, you know, it is passion that really drives, you know, some of the, your decisions. And I, and I think I know that's your goal is to find people's passion and uh, to use that passion to drive doing good in on, uh, you know, for yourself and your family and friends, but also the planet and the earth. And so my mission has been to find root causes of mental health issues. And uh, my passion has been to help people understand that there are alternatives to medications and psychotherapy, that there's so many alternatives out there and to not give up, keep searching if you're not satisfied. And that don't look at it as this is the end of the road and I have to live like this for the rest of my life. That's right. And, and I remember, uh, 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago, 28 or 29 years ago, when I was diagnosed with depression and, uh, and it was a new thing back then. 
to be diagnosed with depression, yet depression had been going on for years in people and it wasn't so much a common thing. But your story is extremely unique. Can you share with us some of the details about what happened with your son and what led you to study functional medicine? Mm -hmm. Sure, yes. Uh, well, you know, my son um, was 14 at the time and uh, we were actually had taken our kids out of school and uh, to travel uh, to India for a couple months and then we went to France for a couple months and the reason we went on this trip is because my husband is a professor and he had a sabbatical scheduled in France and so we just decided to make it one big trip because my children had never been to my parents homeland and uh, so uh, you know showing them their heritage and so you know we had a period of time away from their friends and the routine. And uh, so we were in France and we were homeschooling them. And there was a day where my son had a tiff with his brother, typical teenage tiff. But suddenly he was gone from this two bedroom, teeny tiny apartment. And little did I know, you know, like, where did he go? He couldn't have gone that far. And I, he, I just eye him outside the window and he's standing on the ledge five stories up, ready to jump. And um, so he had informed us at that point that he you know, was very anxious, depressed, missed his friends. And we just thought like, that's just normal stuff, but it's it was causing him to feel suicidal. And so this was like, whoa, this is out of the blue. <laughs> and here I am a psychiatrist, didn't see this coming. And uh, so once we got home, I had him see a psychiatrist and he, um, he was put on uh, all sorts of medications, an antidepressant, something for sleep, anti-anxiety medication, then also diagnosed ADD. Um, he was seeing a therapist. And so it, it solved the, some of the, uh, you know, some of the, or I shouldn't say solved, it reduced many of the psychiatric symptoms where he was safe, but he was still depressed, still anxious, um, and just not my son. And uh, the thing that, uh, and it, you know, he just was a zombie for a lack of a better word. Like he just wasn't functioning in the way that he should be as a 14 year old boy. And so the thing, the one symptom that he had that made me think that this is more than just, oh, you know, you know, our family history coming to fruition, you know, uh, manifesting in my children, because both sides of our family have, have some history of depression and uh, even suicide. So it's like, okay, you know, this is probably, you know, one out of three kids, you know, going to have this history. Um, but the thing is, you know, there was a symptom that he had, which was double vision. He was having cognitive issues where he couldn't read anymore. And this is a kid who had a photographic memory. And when he read something, it was in his head. Didn't, he didn't have attention issues. And then suddenly, you know, you're having all of these problems and now this neurological symptom. So it made me start thinking there's gotta be something else going on. And no matter how many times I asked, like, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Something happened. I wasn't getting answers from anybody. So I had to do a deep dive and learn on my own. And fortunately I came upon uh, someone who does functional medicine and I, it was brand new to me <laughs> back in 2010. And, uh, cause I was just a traditional psychiatrist. I mean, I did psychotherapy 
And I spent a lot of time with my patients to try to figure out what was going on and spent lots of time working, you know, working with patients to improve their sleep and their, and even dietary issues and quitting smoking and drinking and things like that. But I never heard of functional medicine. And that was basically finding what was going on in the body that's causing inflammation that causes the um, the body to be out of balance and result in symptoms, not just psychiatric symptoms, but also physical symptoms, you know, so neuropsychiatric as well as physical symptoms. And then I learned a lot about the gut brain connection. And, but anyway, going back to my son, you know, we found that he had celiac disease. He had food sensitivities. He was very malnourished because he wasn't eating anything but white food. He had lots of pasta, um, dairy products, um, corn, the tortilla chips, like very, and he would have meat, um, but he wouldn't um, really eat very many vegetables. Vegetables, food is medicine. I learned that food is medicine. It's not just calories in and calories out, it's medicine. And foods can be poison as well. So it's uh, it was a, a huge eye-opening experience. So we basically removed those those um, foods that were causing inflammation in his body, reintroduced all of these healthy foods. Uh, and fortunately, he noticed such a big difference in it and in these changes within a, a couple months that he was like, I'm on board because this is, I haven't felt this good in a long time, even before this uh, episode, in, you know, when he was 14. So he'd been suffering from gut issues since a child, had severe constipation, had severe eczema, constipation and the eczema cleared up immediately. Like I shouldn't say immediately within a couple months. And wow. uh, but that was like the first change. It takes longer for the brain to catch up because it's a very sensitive organ. And, you know, so it takes time for that to, um, to improve. And, you know, within a year, his symptoms significantly improved in terms of um, his emotional symptoms. Um, and little by little, some of these medications were reduced and discontinued. Um, it took, uh, I think, a full two years for him to be completely off of medication. It was the double vision that took longest. And the reason is, is that his cranial nerves of his eyes were inflamed. And those are very sensitive nerves. And so that also improved with time. But we learned it was like a whole body inflammatory reaction. And what triggered it is because he had inflammation from a very young child through all those years. And what triggered all of this to come to a head at the age of 14 was puberty. So your body's remodeling at that age and, and, you know, or earlier between 12 to, you know, 15 and, and puberty is, is requires a lot of energy. You know, you're like literally remodeling, you know, and your immune system is really activated. It needs to be, you know, at its tip top shape. So if it's not, then you're going to go off kilter and all of these symptoms explode. And that happens for a lot. A lot of my patients have that kind of history, believe it or not but you can pin, we were able to pinpoint it back from a very young age and he had celiac disease and we didn't know, but that's where it started. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's interesting. So he had the inflammation so early on in his life. And then by the time he was 14, everything going, it was just exacerbated right. by puberty and it had come to a head because it sounds to me like it, it builds up and the little I know about celiac, mm -hmm. um, is that it, it actually destroys the little villi, the little, mm -hmm. the little guys in the, in the small intestine. Where is he at today? So how old is he now? And, and how's he doing? 
Well, he's in his mid twenties and, you know, he's had his ups and downs. So if you don't take care of yourself and, you know, a lot of teenagers, when they go to college, they party and, you know, they, they stay up late at night and, you know, uh, and uh, they don't eat the right foods and necessarily. And of course you don't want to inconvenience your friends. And when you go out to eat, you know, you may not have any, any, the best choices. And so when you're all eating together, you know, he, you, you, he kind of went down the tubes and plus all the stress of college, right? So when he graduated, all of his, a lot of his symptoms came back. So it's really, really important to have good, healthy habits once you get well. And so he did get well with the work that he did um, with this functional medicine doctor. Um, and then, and then, you know, he went, slid backwards through college. But as soon as he graduated, he knew the beauty of functional medicine is you know exactly what you need to do to get back on track. And within six months, he he was. Oh, that's and, awesome. And so, you know, you have, you know, your life is going to have its ups and downs and it's learning how to respond to that. And certainly he learned how to respond to that. And then, you know, it's just a matter of how, how you um, improving your awareness about how your body, you know, responds to things and learning those signals having habits in place are so, so important to, you know, be able to know yourself, know your body, know your limitations, right? Know where you can sort of cut corners and where you absolutely can't cut corners. And with time, you learn those things. So he's had his ups and downs, but otherwise he's doing pretty well. You know, just, he's just like anybody else now, but he's not awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, you know, I think everybody is going to have a different journey along the way, but you know, he has certainly learned from his journey and is he's coming along and doing pretty well. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome that, that you were able to uh, recognize that this was something else. So, and so that's something else that's, I think, really extraordinary about you and very unique in that you are a psychiatrist, you're, you're a psychotherapist, and you're a functional medicine doctor. Mm-hmm. So, and you're an Azarius energy healer. Yes. <laughs> you really look, you have a, a tremendous, and you're, you didn't have it on your bio, I don't think. You're an os- osteopath as well. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you practiced um, osteopathic medicine. And so that sort of combination, people really, uh, really can be, looked at and held in such a unique way, such Mm -hmm. a unique way. Can you talk a little bit about um, uh, how, you know, our our state of awareness or our emotional state, does any of that play into depression? Does it play into how we absorb food? Can you tell us any of the correlations that you see in people that may not be expected or that someone who's just a psychiatrist might not see, or someone who's just a functional medicine doctor. Sure, sure. I mean, some of the things that people are probably not aware of, I'll mention, is that sometimes people can have a shock to the system. In mm-hmm. particular, there's uh, the 10th cranial nerve that uh, for a variety of reasons gets shocked. It could be a, a concussion. Uh, or, you know, a traumatic brain injury, but it doesn't even have to be one concussion. It could be a mild repetitive hits to the brain, even like 
hitting a soccer ball against your head, you know, multiple times, uh, you know, or even like a whiplash uh, from uh, being rear-ended. Um, it, it doesn't have to be a, a serious concussion, but it can actually shock your vagus nerve, which is a nerve that starts at the base of the brain and, and it innervates your entire uh, chest and abdomen all the way down to your tailbone. And it innervates your um, gut as well. So what can happen is that your gut can start, it can, um, can be affected in terms of digestion. Your digestion can be halted. And when I talk about digestion, I'm talking about release of digestive juices like hydrochloric acid and bile salts and pancreatic enzymes. There's this orchestra of, of um, juices that you need to release at the time of your meals. And its timing is, is a big factor in terms of uh, not just when you eat your meals, but you want to have the timing of releasing of those. So sometimes that timing is off if you eat at different times or if you're eating on the go or if you're grazing all day, you know, it's that those also can affect digestion, but you can have a sudden shock to your digestive system and those things stop, which then can create acid reflux because you're not making enough acid. Sometimes people associate acid reflux with too much acid, but it's actually from, uh, sometimes it's, or a lot of the times actually, uh, it's from not making enough acid. And you need acid to be able to release bile and the pancreatic enzymes, and you need acid to absorb iron, and you need acid to absorb uh, B12, vitamin B12. So there, there's all, all of these connections that can get disrupted just from a knock in the head. The other thing that gets disrupted from uh, this vagal nerve damage um, or uh, paralysis is that your motility, which is your contraction of your small intestine, um, you know, you know, sort of con uh, conveyor belt of food going down your tract can actually also become slowed. And so then you can end up becoming constipated or cause irritable bowels syndrome type symptoms. So you end up having constipation diarrhea because it's trying to correct itself, but then you have diarrhea and then it, and then it goes back to the slowness. So, you know, you have this dysregulation of motility that can result in all sorts of issues. So, you know, your, your neurotransmitters are made in your gut lining. A lot of people don't realize that it's often why the reason why when people take SSRIs, they, um, they have gut side effects that <laughs> because serotonin is in your gut and it can have too much serotonin in your gut, but not enough in your brain. But your gut is what makes serotonin and all the other neurotransmitters. And so when motility and digestion is all disrupted, the microbiome, which is what makes your neurotransmitter gets disrupted, and then you're not making neurotransmitters, and then you're uh, not necessarily absorbing nutrients because of this disruption. And, um, so then you can start having symptoms of depression and anxiety. Wow. All from that. I, I just have to interrupt you before we go on too far. What are SSRIs for, yes. for people who don't know? Good question. So SSRIs are a class of antidepressants. The SSRI stands for Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitors, which is commonly, the most common ones are fluoxetine, which was the first one, which is also known as Prozac. There's sertraline, which is also known as Zoloft. There's um, uh, Luvox, 
um, uh, escitalopram, citalopram, and uh, fluvoxamine, which is Luvox. So there's a whole range of SSRIs. There's also a newer class called SNRIs, which is uh, serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. So basically these, these medications inhibit or prevent the reuptaking of these neurotransmitters. So it appears that there's more serotonin or norepinephrine, depending on which kind of medication you're taking in the synapse between two cells, two nerve cells. And so that is the way that they work. And uh, it's, it, it increases um, the outside production from an outside, it increases uh, the production of serotonin and norepinephrine. Um, so, you know, what you could do instead is figure out if you have some of these issues, like I described, um, and, you know, and if it is a, figure out if it is a vagal nerve, uh, you know, dysfunction, dysregulation kind of problem. And there's ways to improve that by vagal nerve stimulation. You know, there's ways to get your digestion back online, your motility back online. And, um, but those are just a few of the things that you can look at. There's so many things that I look at in terms of what might be causing the depression anxiety. So, you know, ultimately comes down to root causes of inflammation. It's looking at foods, like I mentioned before, infections, chronic infections can cause a dysbiosis and a dysregulation of, of the gut microbiome and then inability to make neurotransmitters. Um, chronic infections, foods, infections, toxins. There's lots of toxins that people put in uh, or on their body or breathe it in, which can kind of muck up your, your filtering systems like your liver and your kidneys. And if they're not functioning optimally and you're not giving the, those organs the nutrients that it needs to function optimally, it's gonna get congested, just like how a sink gets backed up. You know, after a while, you know, hair accumulates all things and it gets congested and it, and it gets backed up. So people are fully aware of toxins like cigarettes and alcohol, but there are so many other toxins in our environment that people are not aware of, including, you know, uh, you know, artificial uh, flavors and artificial um, even scents. natural flavors, even natural flavors. Yeah. But there's so many things like paint, uh, paint fumes and pesticides and makeup, you know, that we put on our body absorb right into our, into our body. It's not just on the surface that actually are chemicals that you're liver actually then needs to filter out. So plastic, we have plastic everywhere. You know, we're surrounded by plastic, no matter where we look, we're surrounded by plastic. And that is, that can actually be a problem. So how many people actually heat their food leftovers or, or get takeout in plastic and styrofoam? These, all these are all chemicals that end up being melted into our food. And then that it becomes part of our body. And then your liver has to try to get rid of that. So, yeah, so there's, there's, and then the last thing is stress, you know, so stress alone, stress alone can cause what I described that, that gut dysbiosis and paralysis of the vagus nerve, um, putting you in fight flight, being stuck in fight flight absolutely can cause the, uh, the same issues of digestion and gut paralysis and dysbiosis and microbiome not working and therefore in, uh, not being able to make those neurotransmitters that your brain needs. So do you see it? There's a big system we have at play that gets, 
gets uh, kind of messed up uh, and there's a variety of ways that that gets messed up. Right. And so it can really be a vicious cycle. And especially if how many people would associate getting a knock on the head and that leading to gut issues, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's the correlation is uh, not something I don't think is, is looked at all the time in mainstream mm -hmm. medicine, especially it wouldn't happen overnight. You wouldn't right. see that. Oh, I had this knock on my head and the next day I couldn't digest my food properly and just the uh, slower digestion and not everything not working properly, then when food sits in the system, it leads to the permeability of the gut, of the leaky Absolutely. gut. And so it goes on and on and makes sense. And then we have all the inflammation. Can you, before we get going here, can you just give us a couple tips on if, if someone has had a knock on the head or they have symptoms showing that, oh, maybe their vagus nerve is not functioning properly. What can you do to stimulate it? Well, believe it or not, breathing, you know, deep breathing is really, really helpful. Um, there's, you know, the way you teach how to breathe is going to be absolutely helpful. Um, and humming, singing, chanting, it's, that's a way to, uh, uh, stimulate the vagus nerve. Um, so breathing, uh, and there's so many things that you can do. Um, but also just getting back into rhythms, really respecting uh, the rhythms of the body is important um, because, you, you know, the vagus nerve, it, if it's off uh, or not functioning properly, it is going to affect your sleep. So really looking at your sleep habits, getting that in order. So waking up at the same time every morning to set that biological clock, that circadian rhythm, all connects as well, you know, and eating at regular times can get your, your digestive system back into rhythm, um, making sure you have regular bowel movements. And, uh, you know, when you have, for example, sometimes what happens is that people are always in a rush and they have the urge to go, but they don't listen to their body. And then they end up getting constipated because they didn't go. So really paying attention and listening to the body and being in tune with how your body functions and, and, and embracing it as opposed to ignoring it. Uh, so getting into those rhythms and those habits are going to be very, very important uh, besides doing vagal nerve uh, activation exercises. And there's a whole series of exercises that you can do. And I only mentioned a few. Absolutely. It, it's, I appreciate it so much. And I think even that uh, in, in Western culture, we're not so much taught to really love the self and embrace what we need and give ourselves what we need. So that can be a stepping stone in itself mm -hmm. and, uh, and feeling that worthiness of putting yourself first before right. others and, and others will benefit. Uh, this has been absolutely fantastic. And I have, as you know, I have read your book, and I think your book is such a useful tool. And one of the things I love about it is you have self-tests in there where people can go through and fill in questionnaires. You have quizzes and so many uh, different areas where people can um, look at improving themselves. But I just want to say to our listeners, you know, if you've had 
knock on the head, if you've had any kind of shock or you're having the digestive issues or your mood is not right, you know, it doesn't even have to be severe depression. It can be you're not feeling right. That Dr. Stein has all the magic of bringing multiple modalities together to help you. And so we will be putting all your information in uh, in the show notes how people can get a hold of you. And so can you can you tell us a little bit more about your book? You're you're giving away three chapters and what might people expect? Yeah, uh, well, there's um, if, if people have some of these issues that we've talked about, you could do a lot on your own. And it's, you know, basically step by step about what you can do is listed in the book. And like you mentioned, the quizzes will help to direct what to do you can really get a lot of stuff done on your own. Um, there is a companion program, uh, a do-it-yourself companion program uh, that follows the book and has lots of videos as well if you wanted more details. So you, it's a deeper dive from what the book provides. Um, and I have had uh, some um, clients take that course and find, find, have found uh, quite a bit of benefit from that as well, aside from working with me directly. So it is going through essentially finding uh, what your root causes are for your depression and anxiety or other mental health issues and um, addressing foods, infections, toxins, stress, and hormones. And the thing, the part that's difficult to do on your own completely is um, infections because it does require some testing and uh, like a stool test. And I also do a urine test and there's also blood work. Um, these are things that can be done through a practitioner and the book actually lists what companies you can actually get the testing from. There are some places where you can get those test kits on your own, but you still need someone to interpret them. But just by looking at your history, like for example, uh, so many of my patients have told me that they've had um, uh, food poisoning. And ever since then, they've all, you know, they've been off. Like, well, that's a gut infection right there. <laughs> you know, even though they might have taken antibiotics or resolved in their own, just like something's just not right. And it's probably a parasite. And we do have parasites in this country <laughs> as well. So it is something that you kind of have to look at the history and look at all the different points where things didn't come back to your baseline. And then you're sort of connecting the dots, you know, and, uh, and looking at all. So when you address each and every one of those variables, you feel better and better and better. Wow. It makes, it makes so much sense. And so we'll put the link in the chat to the three mm -hmm. chapters. And if they want to buy the whole book, it's available on Amazon. And uh, so you can get it there. You have your website. We'll put that in there, Functional Mind LLC. This has been an absolute joy to have you, Dr. Stein. Thank you so much for sharing your views on the gut-brain connection and depression. Any, any final words? Well, yeah, I think it's important. I said this before. It's really important for people to know that they are worthy of getting help and that you need to keep searching keep searching, know that there are solutions. Absolutely, there are solutions and not to give up.
Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So that's another episode of Empowered Coaches, Changing Humanity. And we have had Dr. Stein with us today with so much wisdom, so much detailed wisdom around what if it's not depression? And so thank you so much. I'm Cheryl Stelt, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>